0: What up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This, we got a new advertiser this week. This one's brought to you by My Wall Street. You know, I don't understand a thing about the stock market. That's why I tend to buy watches and cars. And when I first started investing in U.S. stocks, I found that brokers made it really easy to invest in any stock I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted. I, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea if the portfolio I was building or the stocks I was investing in were going to make me any sort of ret- Turn that's where my wall street comes in even though it was easy to set up a broker But I didn't know how to set get money. Well, my wall street is now there for me They offered a short list of stocks that their experienced investors and spent countless hours researching and that's the difference with my wall street You're the one in control But they provide you with the information you need in the in the form of those thoroughly researched stocks They act as an investing companion not a broker. There is a difference. Brokers get cuts from when you trades. They incentivize you to make these trades. My Wall Street doesn't do that. They help you take the first step into the world of investing, guiding you towards making educated decisions throughout your investing life. Here's the deal, folks. All our listeners can access the entire My Wall Street app on iOS and Android for free. Use it for 30 days free instead of the normal 7 day trial. Visit MyWallStreet that's mywallst.com slash TST to download the app and get access to their market beating stock picks and expert guidance. After your trial you can continue your investing journey with them for just $9.99 a month. That's MyWallStreet spelled mywallstcom dot com slash TST to download their app and get access to their market Beating stocks and expert guidance Mywallstreet.com Slash TST Get it folks Remember that Nextbase dashcam We were talking about Oh they back too And they took my advice And they upgraded their discount code Not only giving you guys The listeners more But also making it simpler Nextbase is the world's leading dash cam brand They are now available in the US You've seen the crazy Russian dashcam videos You know the ridiculous Stupid and dangerous things that can happen on the road, or maybe you just want to share something on social media. NextBase is more than just a dash cam. The Series 2 range includes five models packed with exciting features, stunning image quality, 1440p resolution, and an IPS touchscreen. Don't fear parking lot hit and runs. Intelligent parking mode detects and records any movement around your vehicle while your vehicle is parked. There's an SOS feature, potentially life savings, with uh, a Immediately alerting emergency services if uh, it detects a real problem. There's cabin cameras, uh, and and you, it gives you this lovely peace of mind. It's they they have it's. It's good to have, man. Evidence. It's evidence. And here's the deal. Code 20 smoking on Amazon. That's 20 smoking will get you 20% off the entire Nextbase dash cam range on Amazon. Amazon. Code 20 smoking gets you 20% off all Nextbase dash cams on Amazon. You heard that? Twenty smoking, two zero smoking, twenty percent off all Nexbase dash cams on Amazon. Get them, folks. They're sweet. I've got one. Uh, and speaking of that, the Brio Beardscape also sweet. I also have one. Uh, this is a great buzzer trimmer, beard trimmer, and. I ended up there after trying all the other trimmers available normally, commercially. There's always something. The Brio Beardscape is the one that does it all because it's portable, it's light, it's battery-powered, but the battery it's got is a beast. It lasts for a real long time. Same, the motor, also quite beast. It cuts through my Syrian thick fur, which might be slightly TMI, but that's neither here nor there But <laughs> it's got a battery display So you know exactly how much shave time remains A ceramic blade that you don't have to oil As often as stainless steel It stays nice and sharp And a handy carrying case Upgrade your face folks The Brio Beardscape rules Go to brio for life That's B-R-I-O The number 4life.com Brio4life.com Use code SMOKING S-M-O-K-I-N-G At checkout at Brio4life.com Upgrade 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 your shave, upgrade your face Look good like me, that's what it is Lastly, of course, Autotempest.com They've been with us a long time, we love them When you're shopping for a car, go to Autotempest.com You know why? It's not a car site, it's all the car sites It aggregates all the important used car sites into one place Saves you time, saves you money Because your time equals your money At least my time equals my money Autotempest, it looks at all the main car retail platforms like cars.com cars direct cars car soup and uh and ebay motors and it connects them with the results from Auto Trader and all of craigslist nationally they are time savers because you don't have to type in the same garbage over and over and over again it searches all the sites at once How hard is that? They don't want anything from you just to use the other sites through them, which you can do because it uses all the other sites at once. Got it? Autotempest.com is the jam. All right. on this episode uh, we're gonna take a bit of a left from cars for some of it uh, my old pal Tristan Eaton is in the studio Tristan is an artist uh, a street artist a spray can artist uh, he's a physical artist in terms of consumer goods he uh, used to design toys for the company kid robot and a lot and' created a lot of their really well-known aesthetic um, he's done murals he's done unbelievable uh, work and back in the day he turned my Mini Cooper into a real art car and so uh, I haven't seen him in like 10 years but the guy is super successful he's really cool he's got a great story Tristan Eaton on the Smoking Tire Podcast that is uh, the result of Bob Bondurant's one and only time ever sliding a front wheel drive car on lunch trace
1: oh my goodness <laughs> that's, that's rarer that's than a fucking dope.
0: Bob Bondurant trophy <laughs> that's pretty dope dude. we brought those we were fucking around doing a shoot at his school Tristan Eaton in studio what up guys and we were uh, and we were uh, playing on Bob's track and he always like let us fuck around on the track and we had this like a VO Chevy rental car or something and we're like dude we got this big skid pad look let's do a little lunch tray sliding like fuck it we like went to In-N-Out and got these trays came back and Bob Bondurant's all what are you guys doing that looks kind of like fun and we're like Bob don't tell me at like 79 years old you've never slid a car on trays before he's like no i've never i was like get in the fucking car bob (laughs) and we put the car on lunch trays and he shredded it and that's what it did yeah it melted right well you know that's amazing you're really supposed to use metal trays (laughs) (laughs) it's not really quote lunch trays as much as it's supposed to be uh baking sheets you know metal ones that's dope yeah we got fun shit on the walls here what's up brother Good to see you, man. Tristan Eaton in studio. Follow this motherfucker on... Oh, I have to get my hotkeys keys right. I finally solved that problem, people. Follow this motherfucker on the gram, Tristan, E-A-T-O-N, or also at TristanEaton.com. That's me. This motherfucker can paint. Let Thanks, me tell man. you, this, it. Is a, this is a person who knows how to paint your work and so so, some some brief background um i had a friend and i suppose i still have a friend although i i haven't seen her in in quite a very very long time whose name was jenny friedman and her name is now Jenny jenny gillette gillette right gillette yes of course little sweetie and um I'm, I met this girl through the grapevine, and I, I forget how it came up, but she was working for you yep. at, in
1: Long Island City at your Thunderdog studios. Yep. Are you still there? No, man. Uh, Jenny worked for me in Dumbo, Brooklyn and Long Island City, Queens. when I had Thunderdog my design studio Yeah, but I closed that maybe six years ago to focus on my painting.: Okay. That's cool. Yeah, and you guys know each other through Florida days, right? Yeah, like,
0: it's very weird. Like, I um, went to college with, like... It might have been her ex boyfriend, actually, okay. or may no, or her, or her, or her, 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 brother's friend. I don't know what it was, but it was a very strange circle. Right. Either way, we never boned. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, she's the, she's the best. She introduced she's me to best. you. I don't know if it was because I was interested in doing the mini, and the connection happened, or if it happened
1: some other way. I don't know what happened, but uh, I think at that point I had some background in painting, like motorcycles and cars and stuff. And she might have brought that up to you or something, and that's how we ended up talking about it. But yeah,
0: I always had this sort of uh, affinity for the the BMW art cars. Yes, and so uh, I I was always kind of interested, and I had this mini, and I was like, wouldn't it be fun to like make an art car with like a real artist? And Jenny was working with you. I don't know if I knew that already or if it happened after I decided right. this, but she looked it up. You were kind of about this idea. And you decided to get on board with it and do this fucking crazy uh, reflective graphic scheme on my car, which I kept on there for like two and a half years, right until about when I sold the car. And you've never seen any human being more miserable than the person who was tasked with getting this fucking shit off.
1: It oh, was, yeah. It was bad. It's not easy. And, and basically what we did was we wrapped the whole car in reflective black and reflective white vinyl so I actually
0: think to call it a wrap does you and your craft a disservice it was, because yeah
1: it was more than a wrap it was yeah because it was individual hand cut pieces yeah so at that time uh it was a few years after I I worked for a company in New York called Acid and Acid. Uh, it's it stood for Ariel Chester Bro, Industrial Design. Here it Design. is. Here it is. There Check you it out. go. That's the Acid Dunk right there. They do. They do cigars. Well, now they do, man. All Not right, anymore. So, are they? Are they? Well, didn't before. He. They sold the company, but basically, I don't know if your viewers can see this image, but basically, Scott Chester, dreadlock, Rastafari, home homeboy, right there. Uh, he was the motorcycle painting master of New York City, so he painted all the bikes for the Rough Riders. All the DMX videos I assume he all painted this
0: donk we 're looking at, which is he pretty did. fire he painted that donk right there, and if
1: you 're into cigars,
0: you probably recognize this logo from cigar stores exactly it's on cigar boxes.
1: acid cigars, and the logo is him sitting on a motorcycle with his big dreads in the air, and um, you know his bikes and cars became like a fixture of the rtDA cigar conventions and all that. but before all that, in like the late '90s, he was the motorcycle painter master of New York, so Back in the '90s, was he painting like sport bikes and stuff like that? It, it was not Harley's dude. It was <laughs> cross rockets and like ghetto whips, bro. Yeah. And the, let me tell you about the culture of it because it was crazy. It was like a dude would get out of jail and have three grand to his name, sleep in his mom's couch in the projects, and put all the money into the paint job on his bike. That's that how sounds, it was. I, I can picture that. It happening. was hood rich shit. Yeah. So basically, they would come to us, and the beauty about Scott's position in that world at the time is that you would get whatever Scott was going to paint next. You couldn't really tell him what you wanted on your bike. You'd get, I love that. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, 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 like on the one hand, I kind of don't. On the, I kind of get annoyed with it when a
0: chef does it. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, you're going to eat what I serve you. But if an artist does it, it's like, this is what it is, and you right. can
1: get in line or not. But if you're on that level, man, it's also like, okay, if I'm going to give you a $15,000 paint job for three grand... You're getting what I want to paint. Yeah. And then they would take it out, crash it, bring it back two weeks later, <laughs> and pay all over again. What am I getting next week? Yeah, so... so it
0: could this guy, um, let me just... Because this picture of him... There's a detail in this picture which I love about him and those who aren't this is a, Miami this skyline. Is a, it's a super dready super dready guy smiling <laughs> really proud of this this donkey's driving which I believe is an Impala. Yeah. I think it's a 70 or 71 Impala with 26s with huge rims. Yeah. But in the background, in the background is a Maserati yes. bi Turbo convertible that is one of to this motherfucker owned. Yeah, exactly. This That's guy also street parked and daily drove a pair of Maserati bi-turbos in Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, the other one was That's... like Army Green. <laughs> yeah, I remember that very well. But, so awesome. But he also painted like the New York Yankees bike and painted the frame like uh, wood grain with the Louis- Louisville Slugger logo on it. He did like the Tommy Hilfiger bike that was in the Macy's windows forever. And uh, I learned how to paint motorcycles from him. And it was very hands-on. And as a result of you know painting bikes with him, uh, that's how I got into the Source magazine for the first time, which in the 90s in New York was kind of a big deal. Yeah, Biggie Smalls taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was dope. So I learned a lot from him and a lot of the methods that I learned painting um, auto body style, the acrylic urethanes and masking systems and stuff, I employ to this day on my canvas work.
0: So, did, your, did you actually become an artist by painting cars and bikes first? No. Or did you start doing like canvases and then work to cars and bikes? Or, I start, or, the street, or, or dumpsters and train I mean, cars? I was
1: always painting in the street kind of in the background. That was never like a career goal, you know? But, th- you know, to make a living, I always did cartoons for magazines, rock posters, album covers, whatever I could do, man. You know what I mean? Oh, and- the
0: Pearl Jam poster.
1: Yeah, Do rock posters. Any I have of tons those? of those. Yeah. can I
0: please have one? Um, I have, or I'll buy one from you. Oh wow, that's the Pearl Jam tattoo. Oh Malton. man, dude, I'm like a the the fan. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm well, the well, we can
1: hook you up with a bunch of those <laughs> cool. for sure, buddy. Is, are you yeah, me? rock
0: posters are the shit.
1: Oh, that's dope. But yeah, so I ended up working with Scott because I I wasn't Oops. making money anywhere else, and he you know taught me how to paint motorcycles. And then, you know, I was in New York trying to make a living, and I was broke, and I ended up living at the motorcycle shop you know i was like kind of quasi homeless so wait you were the, the guy you were talking about before who had, who was like actually you you crashed the bike every other week getting <laughs> pain in my ass that might have been me <laughs> um, but yeah at the time i had a 86 bronco that yes. was like poop brown and i was sleeping in the motorcycle shop and whenever scott would have girls over i'd have to go sleep in my car oh. At least so, it was spacious. I was hustling, man. Yeah, <laughs> the Broncos
0: are pretty cozy. They're, if you still had that Bronco, it would probably be worth money right no, now. No, I got impounded. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: Yeah, I was broke. But the irony of it and the kind of poetry of New York is like, you know, if you make it, there's some sweet poetry to, uh, you know, looking back on when times are rough. Because when I would sleep in my car, I would park right outside the River Cafe in Dumbo. Now every time I go to the River Cafe and ball out, it's like, oh yeah, we came a long way. Now you're like, are you like Eddie
0: Murphy when he goes back to the bar and trading places, and he's like, I got you measly, hundred
1: and twenty-seven dollars. It's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, also I was sleeping in the motorcycle shop the day nine eleven happened. Oh shit. Yeah. And he came in this there's a, a room that we used to use for like light box work for painting motorcycles. And I was like sleeping in there and Scott kicked the door open and was like Trez, Trez, a plane at the World Trade Center. I'm like, Shut up, man, we're in Dumbo, right, which it stands for. Down, down under the Manhattan, Manhattan bridge. bridge overpass.
0: Used to be where poor people live. Now it's where very rich people live.
1: Right. It used to be mostly artists. And uh, I thought like a little Cessna hit the building or something. You know. So yeah, I, me I blew too. It off. So then he came back down and shook me, and I ran upstairs. And as I came out of the stairwell to the roof, I had a disposable camera, and I started clicking it and caught photos of the second plane hitting the tower. The fuck out of here, really? Yeah, and we were right there eye level at the Manhattan Bridge when everyone was uh, running across. You have like a series
0: on that? Series of them, No yeah. way.
1: Yeah, and my, my head's in some of them when it collapsed. So we were, we were like there that day, man, and, and Scott rode his bike all the way down to the Ground Zero that night, and right next to our building was like a series of stacked, squashed cop cars. Stacked Whoa. like pancakes. Yeah. It's crazy shit, man. It was wild. That's crazy. But when I think back to my days painting motorcycles, that, that memory always stands out. Yeah. And you know, real, real quick, what was really interesting, a little fun, weird fact of that day, we were all on the roof, right? And you look around downtown Brooklyn, and everyone's on all the roofs. Yeah. And when the first tower fell, you know what everyone yelled in unison on all like, the rooftops? Like, no! They all yelled no yeah everyone went no, but you could hear everyone on all the rooftops yelling, yeah, no. that's crazy. It was
0: really crazy um, like almost like like at a like the way you'd hear a crowd yell like a sporting event yeah. or something like that.
1: yeah, but those are such wild times, man, because Scott, you know he's ten years older than me, and uh you know we went through a lot at the same time together, and man, it was crazy times painting motorcycles, dude, like there were times when you couldn't pay the rent, the landlord Took out the door handle and bust a hole through the drywall and chained the door closed. Whoa! So, <laughs> yeah, is
0: that? That's got to be kind of expensive. It's <laughs> pretty hardcore. Like, I'm a, I like. I hate these guys so much. I'm gonna fuck my own house like right <laughs> yeah. up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Scott had like bolt cutters in his car. Oh my god! Cut them open. I remember uh, water. We couldn't pay the water at one point, and we went to Farragut houses and bust open the fire hydrant. So who's the first person to ever crazy. pay you for painting something? Oh man, um, there was uh, I had some people in Detroit that were supportive, you know, um, cause I was doing like rock posters and album art in like the mid nineties for a lot of like Detroit rappers, Detroit techno DJs and stuff like that. And funnily enough, uh, do you know who Rude Jude is? He's got a show on Shady FM.
0: Rude Jude. No. He's
1: like a pretty famous like, radio host. Okay. And he had like a big fight with Floyd Mayweather on the air that went pretty viral. I, li- I like him already. <laughs> he used to be on the Jenny Jones show. He's like a, a, a famous dude who has a lot of attitude. And I, uh, he hired me to do a drawing of him years ago and uh, paid me for it. I never delivered. And literally like 18 years later, we hung out. And I dug through my flat files, found it, and gave it to him. <laughs> He's like, fuck, dude. I was open with interest. I'd get a painting. I'm like, nope. Here's the actual art. Um, so I was lucky to get a lot of support really young, man. I, I started designing toys for Fisher Price when I was 18. And How, do you, how does a gig like yeah. that happen? How does um, that come up? I had an art teacher at school in Detroit. Cause I went to Center, school? For, Center for Creative Studies for two years, which is like the big auto body or automotive design school. Oh, that's the Detroit one. That's like Art Center the here one. In, in Pasadena. Yeah. We've got one too. Yeah. They would go in there and like headhunt car designers. Yeah. So a lot of that school's budget went to that department. Obviously. Did you ever want to do that? Never, never. I was always way too weird and underground and into the darkness of the underworld. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was of skateboarding and graffiti and, you know, underground culture. I knew that right away early on because. You know, my family moved a lot, but we always lived in cities. So I was born in Hollywood, moved to London, England from 8 to 16, moved to Detroit from 16 to 20, and then uh, New York City for 15 years. So I always grew up around, you know, city culture. So, you know, uh, the auto biz was way too sanitary for me, you know what I mean? But I respect it huge, bro, because seeing how they, the kind of ethics it took to work in that department, they worked. Crazy hard, man. The, the
0: students I've met at, um, Arts Center here in Pasadena, when I see like the, the senior thesis work or whatever, where they present, you know, here's the model of it and here's what the interior looks like. And you go, Jesus, that looks really hard.
1: <laughs> yes, the, yeah. well, the, the craftsmanship, yeah. the innovation it takes, yeah. the um, amazing form, It's like every single
0: debate. fine art discipline plus architecture
1: and then science in one. Yeah, and at Center for Creative Studies, they really hammered home the kind of uh, culture of Effort it takes to work in that industry. So, the way the school programs would work would mimic how hard the real world is. Mm. So, you have like no social life, you have no extra time, you're always working. And that kind of culture kind of bled over into other departments of that school. And I think I benefited from that because I learned to work my fucking ass off at that school. But outside of school, I was working at a still screen shop, I was designing toys, I was doing posters and, you know, all kinds of stuff to make a living, dude. And in Detroit in the mid-90s, it wasn't that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. So, but, so, Fisher
0: Price. What kind of stuff were you designing for Fisher Price?
1: Uh, I was designing character toys, man. You know, my, So, like, my the style, stuff you got known for later? No, not at all. It was for mass market. Oh, so. okay. But my style was kind of very graffiti style. Mm-hmm. And the style of, like, graffiti B-boy characters actually looks a lot like the proportions of kids' toys. Do you remember the name of the, of the toys you made? Uh, yeah. What was it called? Google Smoky the Fire Dog. <laughs> all right. There's a series called uh, Rescue Heroes. This guy? Yeah, boy. Smoky the Fire yeah, Dog. Look at, right. look at the next picture over. That's the one. This one here? Yeah, and that's almost verbatim from my drawing.
0: Oh, yeah. Hang on. Let's uh, see.
1: Actually, that's not... There's a, no? No, there's a better one. If you go back, now see to the bottom. Yeah. Here. Here? The next yeah. one over. Try this that guy? one. Nope. No? See, see in the little images? Yeah. The one with the cannon? With the cannon. Yeah, that this was guy? That's the guy. Oh, one. yeah, he's got a cannon. Okay, That's there the we go. one. That's the actual one I designed. Yeah, oh, there we go. Um, but, really I, Dude, I was like 19 years old. And. When wow, you, what
0: an awesome gig at 19 to des- design a cool toy. It's like a Dalmatian in a fire outfit, but he's got like <laughs> what basically looks like Cannon. a nuclear
1: weapon on, on his yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. So it was a random lucky thing, man. And I was sending sketches from Kinko's by Fax Machine to Buffalo, New York to Fisher Price, you know? And uh, as you know, um, well, you like know, when I met you, Jenny was bragging about you as the toy guy, the kid robot guy. Right. Like, like that, that came was way that, later. Yeah,
0: like that was like the 2006 version.
1: Yeah, right. and now now I look back on everything man because you can't choose your the path of your life, you know what I mean? So things are crazy and yeah. I I never intended for spray paint to be such a big part of my life and livelihood. Yeah. I also never planned to have toy design be such a big part of it. So what the hell? Yeah. But uh you know, fast forward from when I was in Detroit doing Fisher Price design, Maybe around 2003 or four, um, I helped a friend develop this company called Kid Robot, which ended up being a huge phenomenon. And it was artist toys. You know, I designed the Dunny and the Money, which are now in the MoMA permanent collection, which is amazing. But we had stores all around the world, and you know, you'd see Jay Z rocking our shit. Let's see, it was Give wild. Me a good, which one of these would you like to show as a good example uh, of your Google Andy
0: Warhol Dunny? All right, for God's sake, All know? right. Sorry, yeah. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I never uh-huh. really followed the toys, <laughs> um, but you know that portion of it. Like um, my wife, Hannah. This guy here. No, look at the Brillo pad one. Oh, the Brillo pad Come guy. On. Oh, that um, rules. How dope! Wow, two hundred twenty-five dollars. Mhm. Um, my wife worked at Mattel cool. so she oh, was she did? yeah so she was actually pretty familiar with like the the art art toys and like we always go into the the stores of like the weird Japanese toys yeah. and puzzles like puzzles are actually really her fucking shit. She'll really? do yeah, she'll do like a 1000 piece puzzle without looking at the box. Oh wow. Yeah, she's got some shit that can do that. It's wow, real crazy. Yeah, but but the um that like pop art sort of collectible toys thing.
1: Is that like, what what happens with that industry? Is it like working? Um, It's gone, it's ebbed and flowed. It's kind of coming back now, you know, with people like Kaws and Mirakami still doing like really influential artist toys. It's basically using the method of toy manufacturing to make artwork yeah. in limited editions. So it was like... Um, Making sculpture but using toy factories and you know, we'd make a hundred pieces and then never make that toy ever again And then it's on eBay for crazy amounts of money and you know next thing you know We have you know collectors around the world and there's like a whole culture around it and um, Kid robot was like the first company in America to bring that here huge Do you see a parallel with sneakers? Oh it was the same culture. Same it's the it same, the same people, people
0: collecting the same stuff. Right? It was the same people yeah.
1: and um you know we ended up doing some Kid Robot Air Max way back then too but it was it was the same collectors man but the range of collectors was always inspiring to me cuz I would back then dude at the height of Kid Robot I do toy signings and there'd be like 800 people down the street to get their toy signed which was wild but a testament to the beauty of that audience was that you know at one signing I'm hanging out, and this dude comes up. He's next in line. He's like, Tris, man, I'm a huge fan. I brought this for you. And slides me like a huge bag of ganja <laughs> in New York when it was illegal, yes! man. You know? I'm like, my man. I have made it. Yeah, I'm like, I, yes! don't, I don't really smoke, but you know, Jenny does. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I probably know, ended up with that bag. You might point. have, <laughs> but check it out. A few people later, two NYPD sergeants walk up. And they're like Tristan, huge fan. We brought you these sergeant cards. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, what is this audience? Wow. From drug dealers to cops. Yeah, in the same in the same young, crowd. In the same crowd, and that was really inspiring to me. And uh, it helped launch like a whole generation of artists as well. You know, it was a really cool thing. But it was never something I really planned to do. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's it gave, awesome me, it gave to... me everything.
0: Yeah, and it, and it you get to. Uh, it allows you to sort of like be an artist as well as be like dealing with like the commercial kind of business world of it at the same time. That was
1: probably one of the most valuable things is yeah. that I was able to uh, have art be the main point, but handle the production and management of everything behind it. Well, that's what I see about your paintings now. Like, because I mainly like follow you
0: through Instagram and I, so I see, I see your. You mean my paintings or the murals? Sorry, murals. I didn't realize, I guess, yeah, those are different. Yeah. But uh, I was referring to the murals, but like just stuff like this the New York City one I saw. Would yeah. you do the Dolphin? Was it was the Dolphin Stadium? I painted Dolphin Stadium. Yeah. So, like, if you can do, you know, a commission for something as commercial as like an NFL team and have it, you know, still be really your vision. So, I that's what I find the most interesting about you is that you're able to, like, f- pretty much from what I see anyway, like, be your artist,
1: but it also seems like there's some dollars in painting these sides of stadiums for sure man <laughs> and there wasn 't always an appetite for large scale mural work like there is now, but you know what i 've always said is that you know graffiti gave birth to a generation of muralists, and now we 're being asked to paint giant walls, but guess what now we have a tool that can paint bigger faster than any other generation before us, so now I can paint. Uh, 10-story building in three days. What uh, is the tool? Spray paint, my friend. (laughs) Oh, just spray? Oh, you're talking (laughs) about- Fucking aerosol. Yeah. Yeah. I can paint huge buildings in days, and that was never possible in the generation before us or before that.
0: I thought, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm retarded. I thought you, I literally, (laughs) no, I thought you meant something like, like sin- a boom lift or something? No, like, like Synth spray paint. Like no. I thought you meant like, I don't know, you have some commercial grade fucking Ghostbusters paint cannon, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like the dog had on his back. They know? they have those
1: now. If you if you ever look up my friend Hox, uh, Hoxo, he's got some paint cannons, but uh, you know, spray paint is a fast tool. It's an indelible tool. It's um, a really versatile tool. And for me, it's kind of opened up this portal to like the Necronomicon of my soul. To be I'm able sorry, to the, the the blah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Is that a Burning Man word? <laughs> uh, no, the Necronomicon is an Evil Dead reference. Bro. Oh, is it's it? Like oh, sorry, the Book of the Dead. Oh, okay. But it's like <laughs> when the Necronomicon opens, it's like a portal to hell, and everything gets oh. sucked into it. So copy. You know, spray paint has allowed me to open up. Uh, Like that where everything comes out all my demons everything and spray paint has allowed me to paint in a way that nothing else really has before on that scale and um, it's a really special thing to me you know. Do you very you're very particular about your paints, right? Yeah, I work with uh, Montana. Oh, you're sponsored a, by paints? Fuck yeah, hell dude. yeah, dude! I have more paint in my studio than the art store does, and nice. like, I haven't paid for one can. <laughs> nice, uh, but you know Montana. Do you Mont- wish
0: sixteen-year-old Tristan could be like, listen, dude, just hold out because one day you're gonna have to get an extra storage room for this well, shit. We didn't pay for it back then either. <laughs> April 26, 1992. There was a riot on the streets. Tell me where were you? (laughs) Yep. so, I tell myself that shit every day. Like 16-year-old Matt, you just fucking wait, dude. dude you just wait. 30 you're going to have a,
1: me would be hyped to know you're gonna what gonna have 40 a Lambo year old me's and doing. weed's
0: going to be free. Like you,
1: you do don't, don't just chill. Oh <laughs> my <good>. god. <laughs> dude, you know what's crazy, man? Um, I know uh look, I'm not like a huge car guy, so it's cool to be in your world, you but know. But you have enough car you 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 get in the game. You went on gumball? I did you go on gumball. Be, I we'll, remember that. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that story, but what I was going to tell you that I don't think you know is that my oldest brother, Rob Eaton, has worked for Ford his whole life? Oh, really? What's mm-hmm. he do at Ford? He is like on the special teams where he works. Uh, he's a designer and engineer for GTS and Mustangs. Oh, fuck out of here! I, well, he probably Serious. worked for my friend Jamal Hamidi. Maybe he ran that division until he
0: just left and went to Jaguar Land Rover like a okay, year ago. Okay, so I'm
1: sure Rob knows him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. My brother's been there his whole life, dude. And what's really cool is that, like, he's designed all these, like, shocks and parts, and, you know, he'll design these parts and then have to go test them on the track in Michigan. Which is dope. Yeah, is he
0: one? Of, he's one of the certified like
1: sports test drivers. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a tough. That's a hard job. And a beautiful thing is that you know he is able to like uh, share patents on a lot of things he designs, so he gets royalties on those oh, items as well. Now that's now we're talking. Which is really dope. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't know that um, until recently. They do that. Do you get that for life? Yeah, that's boss. It's kind of dope, man. Yeah. Um, but he had like one of the fastest cars in Michigan for a while. He had like a Mustang 5.0. Uh, Hatchback With like roll bars Crazy engine You hear it coming Like a drag car Kind of thing Yeah and You know Dude you could hear it Coming from blocks away Uh, But then he had The exact same year Same color Notchback Mm. And would just Switch the plates
0: Oh there you go You know
1: what I mean I like
0: that That happens at Multiple levels (laughs) There's a legend Of a guy Who's uh, Who's passed away But he had a Ferrari Enzo Yeah And he had One of those FXX's the, The race car Also And they were both red, and oh, he yeah. would just take the Enzo plate and just put it on the FXX there you go. and drive it around. And if he got pulled over, they'd Google it and say
1: Ferrari Enzo,
0: like, all right. Hello. <laughs> no, but it was, he would just street drive a race car that way. Yeah, yeah. That's a good move. I like it.
1: It's so cool, man. And so my brother Rob is, you know, n- nothing like my other brother and I, the way our brains work. Like, my brother Matt and I are artists, and my brother Rob's an engineer. It could have been you. I mean, if I don't you, know. So if you went I to doubt in, it. No, but I mean, like, you, you know, you had the decision back in the day. You could have been there. You could have gone to that <sighs> industry. I don't know, man. Anything could have happened, you know, when you think about it. But um, Rob, you know, mad respect to him. He's, you know, he has this completely different kind of mind. I can never retain all that information, you know. that Math. You know, Engineering yeah. shit. Jesus yeah. Christ. So crazy. But,
0: um, yeah, but like, bro, I mean, you know, you you know what? I think that's bullshit. (laughs) I don't even believe you, because I'm just looking at this picture right now, and you cannot tell me that you can take an image that begins in your head, presumably then migrates to a piece of paper, and gets scaled up to the size of a fucking 10-story building, and you can't tell me that there's no engineering mind behind that. I don't believe you. Well,
1: there is some alchemy to spray paint. That is for sure. That too, yeah. You know, the thing about spray paint is that like... Every single person will use it a little differently than the person next to them because of your hand-eye coordination, your instincts, everything. But there's also so many tricks to the trade, my friend, like how to manage the pressure in the paint, what kind of caps you're gonna use, what kind of this, that, and the other. And you know, there's so much that goes into the muscle memory and instinct that goes into someone walking up and spraying the wall that you don't really think about So it's all this accumulative knowledge that goes into what looks just instinctual, but it's years and years and years and years of practice. Like stand-up
0: comedy. Sure. The point is to look like it's easy, but it's actually only easy because they've been doing it and practiced it for so, so
1: long. And you can get rusty if you don't stay at it and all that. Um, But like, do you,
0: if you're, I'm looking at a giant image of a wall. It's very tall. That's Moscow. it, that's what Moscow. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, yes, and we have very good uh, window washing units in Moscow. We hang you from. Don't worry exactly. about this. Exactly.
1: Actually, the guy, <laughs> the guy who hired me to go to Moscow, um, I, I met on Gumball. Oh, of course. Yeah, and this surprises me not. And this guy uh, owns this huge shopping mall in Moscow, and uh, Gumball is actually a part of this project. Where Max from Gumball, who I love, shout out to Max. He's the best. He helped kind of curate the project where there's a huge shopping mall and you know all the best street artists from around the world painted the whole damn thing and We go to we go to Moscow to paint this thing and he has a secret car garage in the mall Mm -hmm. Of course, and so he's got you know Ferraris. He's got all The everything you'd want but he also has like vintage vintage uh, Russian car brands oh yeah from like Volgas and shit yeah <laughs> dude I mean so rad yeah uh, so that's what this communist is a cars are pretty cool they are yeah
0: like they're cool when they're like someone else's like you don't, <laughs> you don't actually want one right um, but so if you when you take an image like this which uh, on this wall looks like it's I don't know 60 feet tall Maybe yep. at least in this picture you you would draw it on paper first, right? Yeah it or depends. Something?
1: If if there's a client involved there's like a lot of pre-design approvals yeah. and discussions if it's just for me And I can just go wild uh, I'll, I'll go pretty freeform and loose like there's a project in Sweden where um they were asking me to come paint this huge wall and I was like, yo, I gotta back out, I can't do it. And they're like, Well, we already have your name on the poster at the airport, so you have to do it. Um under what conditions can you make it work? I'm like, all right, fuck guys. If I if I can just show up and paint, no, no design, just let me just show up and paint, I can make it work. They're like, Okay, fine. So, I like how that, you know, it's like, <laughs> I can't make it work, and it's not like scheduling or money. Well, it's the like scheduling the, of the pre-design Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah. So sometimes yeah. it is a little bit of that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll do literally anything to not have one more conference call with you. How
1: can we, how can we make that happen? Uh, <laughs> that's worth this weight in gold, you know? <laughs>
0: Fuck, dude. If one creative agency butts into one more
1: email chain, I'm fucking out. (laughs) Right, dude. Just let me show up and paint. So I did that in Sweden, and uh, in Boras, B-O-R-A-S, Boras, Sweden. And it was crazy, man. I just showed up, and I I freestyled a seven-story wall. So whenever I came down to look at it, it was my first time seeing it. And that was really fun, man. I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, there it is. Whoa,
0: oh, I remember this. Yeah, yeah that shit is sick. Wait, oops, I hit the wrong button. Um, yeah, go to is, the next
1: image over. Cause you can guy? see. Yeah, you can see the detail a little Whoa. better there. Hang on, let me make it big. I make it big for the peoples. So yeah, that, that was just That shit, freestyle. it looks
0: like uh, a color scene is being uh, ripped out from <laughs> underneath a gray building. All right actually works it works particularly well with the the, the actually real three dimensional blue siding above it it works really nice
1: well also to mention uh, this is all free freehand spray paint so there's no tape or stencils involved so it's just really yeah just freehand spray man wow. you know uh, this is so I, crazy. I'm trying to be an aerosol purist and trying to um, you know simplify the process as much as possible so what I walk up to What is this scene actually showing? Paint. What this? Yeah, what is it a scene of? Like uh it's an abstract collage of many elements in my head. Different uh, things are being referenced. Some make sense, some are just for fun, some are personal. You know? Um so this one in particular because I was freestyling it, uh there wasn't like a big narrative necessarily. It was mostly just a big collage. But the elements that are in it, some of them are uh, like my girlfriend's actually in it. There's some elements from uh my father. My father had recently passed a- uh, not too long before that. So his catchphrase, out of sight, is in there in the very bottom. It says out of oh, sight. Down in the little corner here. It's sort yeah. of cut off in the image. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a. Is it, would
0: this be your girlfriend at the top right? No, no. Just um, another random hot chick?
1: No, no. That is, God, I'm, I'm forgetting her name now. That's a famous actress. I can't remember, I forgot her name. Ooh, from a, fam- a famous. Famous sci fi movie. But my girlfriend's the one in the very bottom right there with the hair flying right her face. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the weird thing about doing this mural was. I had to order my paint colors like weeks before I even like thought about what I was going to paint. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it grayscale and then like a color range of like reds to oranges. And then I'll figure out what I'm going to actually paint when I get there. So I, I doodled on a, a napkin at breakfast, um, kind of a composition, and then just started painting that day. And I think I took like four or five days to paint it and boom, boom. That is, I mean, it's amazing when, like, but that's at one extreme. Yeah. The other end of the spectrum is a detailed back and forth with a client with a very detailed design. And then we'll either grid that or project it and do a little outline sketch. And then, you know, depending on how much time we have, and then go at it. And, I have a couple of assistants I work with who I love. Would like a good example of that be like the dolphins thing or something like that? It's very commercial. Yeah, dolphins. That was we projected that in sections and just kind of sketched the outlines and then filled it and painted it, um, which is fine to do if you have. Oh not yeah, projecting. Yeah, projecting. Oh, that's pretty cool though. I mean, it looks. It still looks awesome. Hang on, I'm going. Well, dude, a lot of it a, is detailed execution that has nothing to do with the projecting. It's all about, you know, how you paint and how you execute it and um yeah there's a few guys i work with like uh rage from miami and shane jessup from here in la um you know there's not a lot of people that i can trust to you know have work with me on on walls because you know a lot of graffiti writers paint pretty clean but i need motherfuckers to paint really clean you know it has to look really clean up close it has Mm. to look like it was silkscreened you know what i mean Um, And a lot of people kind of paint for Instagram, you know, there's like a lot of, (laughs) it's true, there's a lot of murals. No, it's funny. It's true, bro. No,
0: I remember when you walked in here and the the first thing I said to you is like, fucking the internet is terrible, like for (laughs) everything. Yeah. And I think one of the funniest things about the internet, I think that, especially Instagram, is that a giant mural, a house, a car, a watch are all the same size. (laughs) You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't the the scale of anything doesn't fucking matter. It equalizes on yeah. in, a private island is the same yeah. size as an earring yeah. on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird. A, it's, uh, life bite, is weird a, like that. A bite-sized digestible form Yeah, of that's why people who only experience life through the internet without actually going out and doing things are it's sad because the world isn't in that scale. Things that are huge Are could be huge for a reason and could be experienced so much differently because they're
1: huge or because they're small. Well, I think you're talking very well towards my mural specifically because you know where my work is mostly digested right now is Instagram on the internet, and that's where a lot of my audience is. And Instagram has you know really changed the art world in a lot of ways. Oh, it's even better in this angle actually. Oh yeah. It's better when you catch the mural from a 45 because there's layers. If anyone goes to Hard Rock Stadium, the top, uh, like the roof deck has this huge mural I painted, um, featuring all the dolphins and all this cool stuff.
0: My favorite element in this mural? Is the lady's glasses the cat the sort of like uh, she looks like a <laughs> gossip columnist from the 60s like an advice
1: columnist She's like a 60s beach babe yeah
0: like a beehive beach babe right she reminds me of all my in- my in-laws parents <laughs> like the Jew Long Island Jews the uh, trio and I like the detail in the diamond on the Super Bowl ring. there you go that is really where I mean this whole mural is excellent but like the Thanks, diamond man. in the ring I think is really where you see the goodness. I
1: appreciate that, man. Yeah. You know, speaking of Miami, you know Jenny really taught me about Miami. I didn't Miami's really, the shit. I didn't know much about Miami until I met Jenny. And she revealed so much of the truth to me about how Miami really is. And you know, it cracked me up because she was like, yeah, see all these guys driving these, driving these nice cars? No, that's a lease. They sleep on their mom's couch. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very funny. The Miami exotic car rental market is hysterical.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the one of the funniest things in Miami is like the guys who work at the clubs on South Beach who see the same like twelve cars roll up every night with different drivers, oh, and it's hilarious. like the drivers act like they're bawling <laughs> out, but everyone who's in the service industry is like rolling their eyes, like this oh motherfucker, my God.
1: this car. That's so <laughs> Car was here last week with somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, I I love and hate Miami, man. You know, I love Miami for you know its people, the weather, the culture. But sometimes there's this attitude there where like everyone's acting like they're in the nightclub, even in the grocery store. (laughs) It's very funny. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Like, here, everyone acts like they're in the yoga studio when they're anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's like come on, bro.
0: Every time Um, I go to Miami Beach, though, I'm so about. The Art Deco and yeah. like just the aesthetics of Miami yeah, Beach. So I'm so into it. And then I get out of the car and I my shirt instantly turns to a liquid. Yeah, <laughs> and I go, "Oh fuck this!
1: I'm yeah. out." <laughs> well, we have to be there every year for Art Basel. Oh yeah, and you know Art Basel is like the biggest event in the world every year for artists in the art world, and it takes over Miami Can I ask first week of December question? every year. Yeah.
0: yeah what 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 are, what actually happens because you hear about i know
1: yeah what actually happens Because you
0: hear about art basil as this like ethereal thing where like the real fucking cultured people are going and the instagram hoes and the fucking guys with the yachts and everyone's got to do a thing there now it's like the hot shit but like i don't know like what do you, when you're an artist when you're like you're a Pretty a list fucking artist right no, now, bro. And when no. you,
1: I'm like off Broadway. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, I don't know. You're pretty fucking dope. I, I mean, I'm not a list, bro. You're something. You know,
0: you're on some fucking kind of list. But what do you do when you show up in Basel? What is the thing uh, that you do?
1: Okay, everything you just described is this the satellite bullshit mm-hmm. around the fact that over a billion dollars is spent on art in Miami in one weekend. Okay, that's the truth. Oh, so, so this is an art sale. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So there's the Miami Convention Center and in that convention center all the biggest galleries from all over the world exhibit the best art they have from around the world. Oh, okay. In order to exhibit in a booth in Art Basel, Miami, you have to have been in business in a brick and mortar gallery for over 10 years plus. Oh, wow. So you can't just open a gallery and get a booth inside the proper convention. It also comes from Basel, Switzerland, which is the name of the city where it originated. So Art Basel, Miami is a satellite version of the Basel, Switzerland art convention. There's an Art Basel in Switzerland. There is in Basel, Switzerland. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's There's also Basel World,
0: which is the watch convention. Oh. Yeah, Basel World is the Geneva auto
1: show of watches that's in Basel. So there you go. So Basel is this kind of convention city, but there's also Art Basel, Hong Kong now, et cetera, et cetera. But the Miami one became a huge one because it's the United States. And all these other uh, other art fairs started sprouting up to get that like shrapnel business. to Yeah. Crumbs. Okay. So if a billion dollars is being them spent there, castaways. they want the sloppy seconds.
0: <laughs> you only need to be in business for two years to open it. My pseudo basil. No, convention. you just need
1: you know enough money to rent a booth. <laughs> Entry fee. Yeah. You know. So now there's like uh, Art Miami. Um, you know all these other art fairs, and in Switzerland they're not even allowed to be inside the city limits those other art fairs oh really yeah yeah
0: I like that Switzerland knows what's up
1: yeah but now Art Basel is this huge giant clusterfuck where the partying and the VIP culture of it is a bigger deal than you know, the actual art being sold here. Look 14 best <laughs>
0: 14 best my art Basel Miami satellite fairs. All yeah. I did was Google. By the way, I literally I'll show my work. I Googled art Basel Miami and this was literally the first article that came yeah. up is like, here's the first things to do that the first best things to do that aren't fucking art
1: Basel. Yes, but also what's hilarious at art Basel that they have no idea how stupid they look. Rappers going through looking at art with sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like, dude. Look. I like, like, yo, you're doing it wrong, bro. You know, I don't go to a concert with headphones <laughs> uh, on. That's so funny. You know, take off the sunglasses, <laughs> Sun- homie. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's just ridiculous. You That's know? very funny. You gotta have what
0: you have to do is you have a display setup so when a rapper comes up and looks at your shit with sunglasses on, you just hit the switch and blast the piece with light and you go, That's how it normally <laughs> looks. <laughs> That's very funny. But you know, um, so so it's, is it individuals it's individuals buying or it's other galleries
1: are buying or it's, it's like, individuals, it's buyers for major hotel chains that need oh. to buy Five hundred paintings yeah. to outkit all these hotels, mm. so you have these buyers going in and be like, "I'll take this, 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 that, 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 and this." You know, you have I people like that. It's nuts. That's kind. It sounds kind of fun. The world art buying industry is humongous and robust. It's wild. yeah, and fucking paintings can be one hundred and fifty million dollars now, right? What's yeah. the most expensive? Was it the Basquiat? Was that did that uh, get That surpassed? was the record. Yeah, was that the most expensive? Yeah, I know. that was pretty nuts, dude. You know what's crazy, man? Living in New York, I got to know all these amazing old school graffiti writers, bro, like Dr. Revolt, and Quick, and Scene, and Hayes, and Days, and all these old school guys who were painting trains in the 70s, you know? And they all grew up with Basquiat, and Keith Haring, and all them. And it's amazing just being like one person removed from these like mm-hmm. art stars of the 80s, and hearing direct stories about what their lives are like. It's really cool, man. It's
0: What's weird is to think about I always think it's very strange to think about people that that either you're close to but they passed away, you know, and you know through that through one other person or like someone who's super super legendary but like not that long ago, like thinking about um I don't know, like Bob Marley having a driver's license. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. Like just, you know, it's weird because like I just human. pulled up this list of, list of Wikipedia most expensive paintings. Like Basquiat's like one hundred and fifteen million. Da Vinci's four hundred and fifty million. But
1: isn't that the fake Da Vinci? Oh, is it? That's the, the
0: rumor. That's the fake Da Vinci. Possibly fake Da that's Vinci. That's the rumor. Wow, yeah. four fifty million for a fucking possibly fake Da Vinci. Yeah. But either way, there's like five hundred years <laughs> between the difference. Like right. Da Vinci might as well be Jesus or something. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Basquiat like lived in Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he was around the corner, you know. Yeah. I've met people that he had sex with, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um Are you really are you going to go for the Eskimo like brothers thing with Basquiat? That <laughs> that would really bring your art to the next level. I don't think I'm trying to get with Madonna right now, you know what I mean? Right. Oh yeah, that's true. Madonna I mean, I weird.
1: wouldn't say no, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Madonna's pretty next level. As far as like I d- I would never put Madonna as like categorize her as People who have had sex with Basquiat. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> always
1: think about that. But like, I thought that was her claim to fame. You know, uh, maybe she's a, 1981, a Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she's also a singer. Yeah, <laughs> um, it turns out. But, you know, there's really Oops, crazy sorry. things that put it into perspective for me. Like, I had a friend who was working at one of the auction houses, like Sotheby's or Christie's or something. And there's like a Basquiat painting that came up for auction that on the back said, like, Merry Christmas, Zephyr. And I, I know Zephyr. He's a graffiti writer. And mm-hmm. this was like a gift that Basquiat gave to him for Christmas one day. Yeah. And years later, it's being auctioned for God knows how much money. Yeah. It's wild stuff. Do you? Here's the question, though. If Basquiat
0: gave you a gift and you could display that gift in your home, enjoy it for a period of time, and eventually use that gift to set your family up for fucking life. Mm hmm. Would Basquiat be pissed?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. If, would you be pissed I mean, if it was you? No. No, I, I personally wouldn't. Because if you gave
0: someone a canvas and then you passed away and 10 or 15 years after you died, someone sold, you, someone sold your canvas for $20 million.
1: There, I would have no problem with that. But <laughs> I think I'd know, be okay with it, too. I, I know about some similar circumstances that have happened where that hasn't really worked out. Where like One of the most famous street artists in the world, all right, starts with a B. I'm not going to say it. Oh, you don't say it? Do we not say it? I'll tell you why. Because this particular guy, on his come-up, gifted art to some graffiti writers who helped him along the way. This guy then becomes one of the biggest, most expensive street artists in the world. And when those guys who he gifted artwork to went to sell paintings to like get their kids into art school or mm-hmm. college or private school... Um, this guy's company wouldn't authenticate the work mm. and without the authentication, yeah. it, it might as well be a knockoff where it might've been like a $200,000 painting. You can now sell it on the, uh, underground market for like 10. So, uh, this particular artist, you know, really pissed off a lot of people that helped him on the way up cause he wouldn't authenticate these gifts. So that's crazy, man. And I, w- I would never do someone dirty like that. I-, I love giving my art away. I like to be generous. I like people having my work you know um so well people- doesn't he sort of not
0: i think that's a dick move on the it's record a on dick the record move. i think it's a dick move but isn't for that one person isn't his whole Sort of shtick anti consumerism, but or is that not even matter because the paintings are so valuable financially anyway? I
1: don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) Nothing matters. Nothing's real. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, it's all bullshit. We don't need to go there. It is. It's all bullshit. All right. Because, you know, art is valued based on, you know, how many rich people are buying it. Yeah. So what is it really worth? You know, is it based on the value or the talent of the artist or the quality of the painting no it might be to you and me on a personal level but in the art market does it does that make it valuable no so what what does it what does it mean you know it's a weird thing Mm -hmm. and for the artist who's there in the studio trying to make a living that can be very demoralizing because it's like okay wait the value of this painting is not based on what I'm putting into it right now. It's based on... Yeah, like the white squares and
0: whatever. The whole era of just like putting up basically blank canvases or... Yeah. Color study four. It's like a blue square. It's like homie.
1: But what was happening was 20 rich dudes were like, Yo. (laughs) I got an idea. This artist is going to gift us like 20 paintings, and then we're going to put his shit up for auction and pay like 10 times the price for it. And now all those paintings he gifted us are now worth 10 times the price.
0: That's actually funny. You know, I've heard stories of people, and one of which I was there to personally verify, but stories of people who have overbid for cars at auction buy a lot, specifically because they've got four or five of those at home, and one hasn't been sold at a public auction for a while. Oh, does this guy own an art gallery? Because that's how this shit works. Because literally and, he, and it was uh, it was with uh, <laughs> Skylines, with early Nissan Skylines. That's how it works, bro. They imported a bunch of them, got them, got them up, and then went to Pebble Beach and spent a Oh, like an eye-watering amount of money on one, Yep. But now all his other ones, yeah. are being perceived as worth that much more. Welcome to the game. Damn. Yep. Tell That's... him to buy a painting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you do you do canvases too? You sell canvases? I, Is I that have, what uh, you're
1: selling at Basel when you go, or are you? Yeah, most of the time. Mm. I I have a pretty robust studio practice right now. Um, I have a studio over in the East Side in Highland Park, and I make a lot of paintings, man. A lot of paintings. I have. Excuse me. I have mostly a kind of direct to collector market happening, where uh, a lot of people come to me directly and buy commission paintings or buy what I'm making. Do you have um, to do? You
0: don't have to do any marketing anymore, really, right? They all. It's all
1: just incoming. Kind of. I you mean, you do more uh, filtering than the, marketing. The exhibitions are the marketing. Right. Okay? Right. 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 So when you do an exhibition, that kind of tells the world that you're alive and relevant, <laughs> and shows the prices. And if the work sells out, then it shows that there's a demand. Then the rest of the year, you're doing private sales, or private commissions. Mm-hmm. So the exhibitions are the marketing most of the time. I'm lucky because my murals are also marketing for it, which is great. But, um, you know, the studio work is, you know, wh- what I can be doing when I'm 80. I can't be painting murals when I'm 80. So I have to put time in there and I, I love doing my painting work. And um, right now, I'm not really working through a lot of galleries. So that's kind of dope, you know? Yeah. Like logistically, When you do a mural, like a big one on the side of a building. Oh, you're showing my Universal Monster mural right now. That's fucking so rad. That's uh, the craziest one I've ever done, I think. This is at Universal Studios. That's at Universal Studios. This was it's visible it's uh, on- at Lufthgult, the Porsche event. And I That's saw it, right. and I went there. And
0: when I walked through, motherfucker, my-
1: so you saw the mural in person. I have.
0: I've oh. seen a lot of your murals in person, and every time I see one, I instantly recognize it as yours, and I instantly fucking smile. I've Thank seen a, you. B- I've seen at least four
1: or five well, big ones I didn't realize you saw this one in person. Yeah, I
0: was it Luft. This is a fucking killer place for this to be, for all those pictures of all those cars. Well,
1: what I was going to say a minute ago when you are talking about scale is that, you know, I paint these murals so that they work in both formats, from afar, from up close, in digital, in real life, but when you see these murals in person, the scale is a whole other element to it. That is something to be reckoned with, and these murals. This in particular, building
0: is probably thirty-five feet
1: tall, right? Maybe forty. It's about th- uh, thirty and three change? to four stories tall by about one hundred and twenty feet. And when you see that mural in person, the scale almost knocks you on your butt. It's I mean, huge. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's really big, and they're very powerful in person. And the the scene at Universal Studios. Wait, in the have, we have lot,
0: more pictures here.
1: Oh yeah, this please. is this is the
0: whole series of it, right? Yeah, is this a, there we is go. This a full slideshow. Yeah, so this is I, so rad. I
1: painted Dracula. I painted Bride of Frankenstein. Creature from Black Lagoon. Uh, wow, did you the... paint that? No, that's reference. Okay, I was <laughs> I was like,
0: oh yeah, that's reference material. Yeah, okay.
1: what they did. No, was... for
0: a second I didn't know. I was like, if you did that, like you're entering a whole other uh-huh. level of realism. Yeah, no, well, you kind of aggroed the fuck Dracula out, didn't you? That's well, what, an angry this Dracula, is what happened,
1: man. I wasn't able to use Bella Lugosi. So I had to make up my own Dracula. I wasn't able to use Lon Chaney, so I had to make up my own Wolfman. Um, but Bride of Frankenstein. It looks like you were able to use Frankenstein. Yes, of course. That looks like Frankenstein. Yep, that's the real one. Yeah. Uh, Boris Karloff. But what you're looking at right now are uh, my references and inspirations for the designs. And they actually let me go to their secret archive in Glendale. They have a secret unmarked building with all of the Universal Film memorabilia. And Sick. Like, bro, I got to go through all the files with, a, with white gloves and look at all the original movie poster illustrations. I got to like go through all the drawers and I'm walking through these aisles and there's all these like the Indiana files. Jones at the end of Raiders of the Lost All that shirt, yeah. yes, dude. But I would see like a drawer marked Dune. I'm like, open that, <laughs> and it's all the paintings from Dune the oh, movie. Oh, dude! And then Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. They had the, the Delorean kind of rotting in there for a
0: while too before oh, yeah. they before they put it on display. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was the a the big texture. Honor. In this
1: Frankenstein is very um, looks like a cloud. Thanks, man. Almost. I mean. Like I said, these are all freehand spray. I'm in that photo in the bottom for scale. That's me in the very bottom middle wait Wait, what under the end and Frankenstein in the middle. Holy dude. shit, dude <laughs> yeah. Dude, I thought I expected you'd be standing no here He's literally <laughs> sitting in a little ball under the end here, but like yeah No, this for is a scale. huge huge painting. Yeah, and it's a permanent fixture on the universal lot So it'll be there for like the next so 50 years or Did something.
0: does universal approach you and ask you to do this or yeah, did you, they did
1: yeah oh, That's amazing you an agent uh, yeah, man, I, I've had an agent in New York, uh, called Bernstein and Andreouli for like the last 18 years. Oh, and really? I just left. Mm-hmm. After, Free? After Free 18 agent. years. Sign well, this motherfucker. Well, a couple of the agents from that company left to start a new one called Attribute. Out. And so I just jumped ship after 18 years, but I, I have very good people that help me with my whole world. You know, uh, I have... A, a lawyer named Jamie Wolf, who I've had for 18 years as well. I have long relationships, man. You know, I, I, I put a lot of value on those long relationships. And, um, you know, I, I try to keep my world of people solid. Yeah. And I have a great team. I'm very happy to work with the people I, I work with. And, you know, the work I do is very hard and exhausting. And, you know, quality of life is very important to me. So the people you spend your time with affect your quality of life so I don't suffer fools or assholes you know like if someone is a positive amazing cool person and I love working with them we're gonna work together a lot Yeah, but if you are um, a problem then you know there's no room you know so. the uh
0: i wanted i want to talk about cars but for those of you uh joining us uh live right now if you got questions for tristan get them in the super chat now cuz we're going to close that down in a few minutes i think we have a few already let me just oh yeah we got a few already but oh, if cool. you got questions for tristan we're we're also going to talk about cars
1: um what about your car you talk history? About Gumball? We can talk about Gumball. Well, t- all right. Right now, I, I got a '67 Lincoln Continental. Well, that's excellent. No. Which is that beautiful. Is, <laughs> that is proper. I think there was a picture on it's your a, gram somewhere, right? Yeah. How, it, how far do I have
0: to dig to find it? You probably think? Probably pretty far. But, okay. Uh, Tell me about it. though. Oh, wait, oh, well, there it is. There it is
1: under a cover. And if you go up, uh, I think there, there it is. Okay. It is. Cool. Yeah. So you know what I,
0: I love, love, love the wheels on this. The wheels are so appropriate. Does it manhattans because those were basically a wheel that came in like 15s or 14s back in the day and they're just blown up to like
1: 22s or something but dude i'm putting white walls back on it man i gotta gotta ride in them balloons Uh, oh the ride you need ride quality back because you know what it feels like driving that car with those rims on system if if oh yeah my name's on it too yeah uh it feels like you're riding in the uh, Brooklyn Cyclone roller coaster, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can feel every yeah, pebble. Wood, it's wooden coaster. Ugh. Yeah. It, it's very crashy. Yeah. And I live in East LA, bro. So, you know, we got potholes. I completely understand. That's why I drive You know I drive an off-road vehicle in the city. Oh, you do. Smart. I have a.
0: I drive a off road 911. Oh, nice. City. Yeah, because I wanted a sports car. I wanted something air cooled. I felt <laughs> right. really cool the 911. But <laughs> I also wanted to uh, be practical. <laughs> and our pothole situation here is not to be fucked with. And the Safari 911, there it is, uh, is very is extremely appropriate. Yeah, my garage was ill that day, Top. so I have a four inch lift and I and big fucking BFG ATS and skid plates and shit. It rules fresh I strongly yeah. recommend off-road sports cars for the city. Maybe you should like fucking that. lift up the <laughs> lift up the Lincoln. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. It well, yeah. looks good. I, I mean, I have to say that- I got bags
1: the, on it, which is nice.
0: The aesthetic- Oh, dude, I didn't just notice your spray can rack.
1: Okay, let me tell your you what Your shit is like a Pimp My Ride.
0: It's like, yo, dog, I heard you like painting. So I put, a, I put an Ace Hardware in your truck.
1: Better than Pimp My Ride. <laughs> Better. I'll tell you why. My boy, Ralph Hogan, who uh, owns RMD Garage, all right, he hooked up that car for me. And what happened was I- was art directing a music video for Dilated Peoples and Mm. I needed a car so I called my boy Ralph and I'm like hey dude I need to borrow a car for this music video he's like oh I got this Lincoln he gives me the Lincoln use it for the video it was amazing and yeah, what Ralph builds is insane. RMD stands for Ralph's Mobile Detailing, and he started out in Long Beach detailing cars. Oh, this is a beautiful Continental area. And now here, the, yeah. this is what he does, bro. Yeah. He's no joke. Ebony. Oh, this 58 Impala looks so great, So a, a lot of the uh, Pimp My Ride cars yeah. and West Coast Customs shit would end up going to... That's my car, the JFK. Yeah, this is your car here. It's yeah, called JFK. Yeah, so a lot of those It wes- looks fucking
0: great though. I really like the aesthetic of those wheels. In fact, Thank if you. I had a brand new
1: Continental, I'd put rims on it that pretty much just look like that. Hell yeah. So he sold me the car and it caught on fire like three <laughs> months later. <laughs> no warranty. Sorry. Bro, I was driving I live on a hill, so I'm like flooring it up my hill and it starts smoking. And you know those hoods open backwards. Yes. So I, I open the hood to let it air out. And then boom, something popped. Oil squirted on my windscreen, and then flames start shit. licking out. Oh, that's bad. I had two people in the car. I put it in park, I'm like shit. Get the fuck out. Call nine one one. I go to run to my house, and it's a hill, so I'm like running in slow motion to get my fire extinguisher, dude. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> it sucked. We ended up getting fire extinguishers and putting it out, and I called my boy Ralph. I'm like, yo, motherfucker, <laughs> you better make some lemonade out this <laughs> lemon, bro. And he's like, look, don't worry. You're in luck because we just signed a deal to do a TV show about my car garage. We're gonna do a whole episode on your car. There you go. So that's what happened. That's why I have spray paint racks in my trunk and all this stuff that's more like a show car. Was it, it a pilot? Did the show ever go anywhere? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, it did? RMD Garage. It's on Velocity. Oh really? Oh, okay. And it's syndicated into like all these different languages. Can, oh really? Oh, sorry, see, I don't like. <laughs> you can see me bitching about my car in like Polish, Spanish, French. <laughs> it's pretty funny, dude. Um, uh, Velocity is now uh, Discovery. I don't know, bro, but he's uh, he gets recognized. Oh, already. is this your homie? Ralph oh there. my God, he
0: looks exactly like he's the kind great. of dude who would have a show like this. <laughs>
1: no, he's the best, bro. <laughs> Honestly, Ralph, don't worry about it, bro. I got you.
0: Do they talk kind of like that?
1: <laughs> Ralph is a G, bro, he, and he's like the he greatest great. dad in the world, and. You know, no one deserves his success more than he him. He looks great, yeah. and
0: I like his aesthetic. His aesthetic is real cool. Yo, he's built... He so has a nice taste. of shit, dude. He looks so, he's, He looks like he's got that East LA aesthetic down. Yeah. But yeah, get yourself some sidewall, and you're good to go. That's yeah, all, you, all you need is a little sidewall.
1: But you know, I got What's drive, your
0: everyday car?
1: Oh, uh, dude, I got a fucking Ford Explorer, man, just for like carting art around and That's driving okay. stuff. You know what I mean? But I also have uh, this... Dodge Ram work truck that I use for, like, Mm -hmm. bombing billboards and, like, shitting around L.A. It's the most amazing thing in the world, and it's covered in dirt and has uh, a vinyl logo on the side of the Bob's Big Boy logo, but his face is melted out like a zombie, and he's got a rat on a platter, and it's, like, light gray and white, and that's probably, like, what
0: Von Dutch's truck looked like when Von Dutch had it. Now yeah. Von Dutch's truck is at the Peterson. You know, it's like a piece of fucking art, and the, it's like there's a bubble around yeah. it or something. But like back when Von Dutch was driving it around, it's ba- it was basically that.
1: Well, dude, people get so confused. They're like, "Oh, big boy," and they look closer. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and people pull up to me in red lights. Like, yo, what is that, man? And I would literally just tell them, "Yo, like, oh, I just did it to fuck with people." Yeah, yeah like it worked. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, another project that I just worked on is for an art car. Speaking of art cars. There's a collector in New York who's bankrolling a major art car exhibition. Really? And I painted a 65 F-150 for it. Cool. And it is so dope, dude. The bright a, yellow. Is it, do we, can we show it or is it not allowed uh, it's yet? It's not out yet, oh. but uh, I am having like an op, like open studio private party in a couple of weeks where I'm really? debuting it, so I'd love you to come to that. In L.A.? In L.A. at my oh, studio. Yes. But the car, we actually put a real bed in the bed of the truck. Like a sleeping bed? Yeah, like a mattress <laughs> yeah, with yeah. my art on the sheets and the pillows oh, and cool. a big bowl of condoms that match the paint job and a huge sculpture on the top. Is it's it a nuts. performance
0: piece? Are you supposed to bone in it? <laughs> that, uh, I else? can.
1: Are you just I <laughs> can perform in, in the piece. Uh, no one can else can. Can we get,
0: um, what's his name, the fucking kid from Transformers? Um, who's Oh, God damn it.
1: Transformers? You mean uh, the annoying guy who's in Indiana Jones? Shia Five. LaBeouf. Oh, Shia Jesus, LaBeouf, bro. who does all
0: the performance where he puts a bag no. over his
1: head and he's like, "I'm not famous." He's not invited, bro. <laughs> he is not invited. Uh, but I'm ex- I'm excited about it because I think we're gonna do like a photo shoot in a drive-in movie theater with some girls in like yellow bikinis to match it and do something outrageous. But this exhibition is gonna have uh, cars by all these crazy artists like Revoke, Lady Ico. Felipe Pantone Cool um, Iko did a custom Oh man I, I, Maybe I'm spoiling it But whatever She uh, I heard Through the grapevine <laughs> That she did a limousine uh-huh. As a strip club That's amazing with like stripper poles in there. Amazing. So dope. One of the
0: best redneck conversions I've ever seen is at the 12 hours of Sebring race, which is a fucking crazy party Uh infield inside the circuit. It's big hospitality tents, sponsors, Audi, customer racing, Porsche Corral, all that shit. The outfield, it's fucking yeehaw. Everyone gets 230 racks, motherfucker. And driving around the outfield, I saw a Buick Skylark from the 80s, a front-wheel drive car, that had the entire body chopped off behind the driver's door with a pickup truck bed installed on the back and a stripper pole. No. Yeah. And they would just drive around the paddock with girls on the pole. It was a mobile strip club. They would just come to, they just park, turn up the music. God bless (laughs) them. Everyone gets a 30 rack. Here we go. You know
1: know what we used to do when I was a kid, man? You know, uh, I grew up in like uh, Los Feliz, Hollywood, you know? And we would go to the Saugus Speedway. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Is that still there? Do you know? I I think so. Um, Saugus Speedway would have these demolition derbies, okay? And what I would love to do... Is organize a demolition derby and have all these different artists paint the cars, and do what they used to do at Saugus because they would have demolition soccer. I think it's just a
0: swap meet now. I don't think they actually. Yeah, have probably. Any racing oh, there. that's sad. yeah. We got
1: to go to history to see racing. Oh, see, there we go. Yeah, bro, look at the old race cars. This is yeah. a little old midgets back in the day. Yeah. So what they would do, Matt? They would have a ten foot steel ball. And you'd have to ram it with your car to get it in the goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car soccer.
0: I remember yes, this. Yes, yeah. dude. They do it now, but with inflatable balls. They still do it. What's the point of that?
1: You got to <laughs> smash your car against a steel ball, man. It is better with yeah. a steel ball. Yeah. So, anyway, that's one thing I'd love to do when, it, when talking painting cars. But the car,
0: with the inflatable ball? The cars still crash into each other a lot. It's right. just not the ball
1: itself that damages <laughs> the car. There's still a lot of crashing. Okay, as long as there's damage. Uh, but I'd love to have a bunch of artists paint a bunch of cars for a demolition derby, man. That would be the shit. Come on, man. You got friends? Well, I can... think
0: decorating a demo Let's derby film. car is like a... That's like a pastime. That's like a thing that... that I've if done they it before on.
1: once, but I want like all my friends to paint like 10 cars and then just that destroy them. Great. Bro. That's totally doable. Let's do that. You know? it's, uh, Isn't there a Scumball three thousand, you know, something there's like that? the I mean kind of, yeah. There's a <laughs> thing called the Gambler, which you know about that? No. In that you pretty much
0: take it's 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 an off road rally. And oh. so you pretty much take like a shitbox and like lift it on big tires. Um and you, the rally is off road, and like, there's a lot of fucking people that do it. I like, love it. People do. Oh some, wow, is yeah, that an uh, AMC Concord? That this is a Chevelle is or a Nova. Oh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. but like, no, but like, I mean, people do all kinds of of crazy things from oh, the it. very budget to the the sort of professionally built. But yeah, it's about That's it's dope. about mudding.
1: That's cool. So like man. people
0: will build like a $500 car to do this shit. And then like other people will take like a <laughs> Safari 911 sort of like mine. Um, so oh, love so it. yeah, we could do that. I made a movie called All Cars Go to Heaven where we just drove across entire states off road in completely stock boxes, And we did it. Like it, we totally did it. Like I did it in uh, Washington. We did it in an 87 Tercell And then in U- I drove across Utah in the summer. In Off road in a completely stock 1991 Toyota
1: Previa, <laughs> which I also slept in. <laughs> oh it's a mid
0: engine rear wheel drive minivan. Wow. It was dude. bitching. Yeah, dude, you can take a car almost anywhere if
1: you don't care how it looks at the other side. Yeah, <laughs> dude, one of my favorite cars I ever had was uh, a high school car. It was a, a 70, 1976 Ford Elite. Wow! I haven't even heard of that in a while. I'm it's gonna like get a, a picture of that. Yeah, go, bro. 1977, 1976 Ford Elite, and yikes! This thing <laughs> is like 20 feet of hood, bro. All right. Wait. Look at that. It's shit. so like here's. It's, it's so, so much hood. Wait, so look. It's ride. so much
0: hood that 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 it won't. <laughs> the hood fit won't in the photo? fit in the fucking photo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the proportions of it are just extraordinary I mean (laughs) but it's a couch on wheels oh yeah and I was living in Detroit at the time and when I was in in downtown Detroit mobbing through them streets I would get just tips of the hat every block. You know Everything
0: I mean? about this car is Detroit in the 1970s. That's right, baby. And this guy's suit.
1: Yes, dude. <laughs> I think about both of those but things. But that one's got a sunroof, which is dope, but I... Is that a sunroof?
0: It uh, it seems to have a sunroof. I love that car. I think someone might have photoshopped that on there. I don't know if this thing had a sunroof in I know, it looks a little
1: but weird, but I would have loved some T-tops in that bitch. That oh, been dope. yeah. but uh, T-top has That's one of my away. favorite cars, man. I would love to get one, make it all black, white, and silver, and hook it up to match my Lincoln. Uh, I it's think, a weird car, dude. I think we can find that <laughs> fucking right now for let's, like a couple G's. Let's look at
0: Autotempest.com because they're a sponsor. All right, let's go. And I bet you that right now we can find you. I think it might be too old for Autotempest. No, Ford. Ford. You think elite. Ford has an elite on this bitch? That's oh, it of, does. It yes, do. Yes. I knew Autotempest.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew. Auto, I knew
0: they'd come through with me. Let's see. Oh, Let's see so if they actually come through with cars. I want a white one with black interior. I, I normally wouldn't do this. We call this the Noah's arcade, where you involve the sponsor in the editorial. And actually, no, they don't have. All shit. you get is a Bronco SEMA built for a hundred and fifty grand.
1: Oh, dude. yeah. No, that hasn't worked out. I maybe may a little love harder to find than we thought. I love me some Broncos, though, man. You're a Bronco guy. I love Broncos. It's the most LA vehicle ever. Well, I had it in New York, dude, and in the winter time when there'd be like three feet of snow, you just mob over the sidewalks. Like I remember crushing Village Voice boxes and stuff with that thing. But also, check this out: that car, uh, the brakes went out, and I drove it with no brakes and just downshifted and went into reverse or like hit the parking brake whenever I needed to, bro. I actually drove it with no brakes in Brooklyn, like, not like more than once, like for a week. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. I but okay, but I think that says a lot about
0: you more so than the car. <laughs> I don't think that means it's a good car. I think all you told me about the car was that it broke. I think I was saying more me, about me. It's not about the car. You told me that you made it work. That's not a virtue of I, the car. I the I know, car man. sucks.
1: I know, but I I was broke back then and had I didn't have money to fix it.
0: Well, now you got money. Now what you do is you buy an Icon Bronco. You know, you get you know Icon right? Tell me, John Ward. Oh, Icon Broncos. So. uh Icon is run by a company named Jonathan Ward. Jonathan Ward oh. has the most attention to detail of any human being alive. Oh, that's dope. And he builds and restores these Broncos that oh, are, fresh. as well as uh, Toyota FJs. Uh, he does FJs and Broncos and some other wow. stuff. So it's a full chassis build. Art Morrison does their chassis. Art Morrison's the best. With a Ford Coyote motor. That's a brand new Mustang engine. Damn. Ford brand new um, uh, gear manual gearbox. I... I don't know if it's the same as a mustang gearbox or they use a tremec but uh whatever yes. it's brand fucking new wow. you can have him make one that looks like a stock one or one that looks sort of mildly beefed up but he won't make it any more aggressive looking than that wow and every Dope. component in this vehicle is the most durable best made not necessarily the most expensive for expensive's sake but every component of the vehicle is the highest quality component that John can possibly find. What are these running, bro? <sighs> I think they're like in the high twos. Mm. They're not fucking cheap. They are really expensive. Yeah. But they <laughs> they are they're made to use. They're not made to stare at. I've driven them. Like I I'm, seriously, I've driven them. They don't drive like anything else. Really? Yeah. They drive crazy. The, normally, an old car any old car, even the nicest old car, is gonna be really like exhausting compared to a new car. Yeah. These aren't. Huh. They're much because they use newer, completely newer powertrains, and because they replace all the plastic with metal and because they really give a shit about all the tolerances and that everything is really tight and strong, you don't get that that rattly, crashy, shitboxness. He, right. like, unshitboxing a car, and making a car fast is, like, super fucking easy. Turning a car into a race car is, like, not hard. You just add certain things and turn things certain ways. But, like, unshitboxing something is so hard and so expensive. Yeah. There's very few companies that... That actually are able to unshitbox something that is as much of a shitbox as a sixties Bronco, seventies right. Bronco. They like they
1: I I'll say I'm Although, I'll defend the
0: looks, but they were exactly. made badly. The
1: aesthetic is so dope. Yeah, you know, I love the design of the uh, the boxiness. It's so great. Yeah,
0: and we and now all of our cars, you know, for aerodynamics and efficiency reasons and whatever, and and the involvement in computers, all of our cars are becoming rounder. Um, and, they all look the same, dude. Yeah. Well, that's because when you allow a computer to give you the most efficient f- way forward, mm. all computers will give you the same most efficient oh, way. Well, that's forward. like
1: designed by a committee on steroids. Yeah,
0: and sometimes, but, but you know, it's they they got to get every mile per gallon. They got you know, it's yeah. th- those kinds of things are very important now. Unfortunately, in a lot of ways, they're more important than style. And then, when for the people who can afford style, they express it in ways like this, like buying a very right. niche custom vehicle. And 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 for people who can't afford it so much,
1: they express it by modifying their cheap car in interesting ways. Right. You know, you know who you should have on here sometime that would be cool to talk about uh, this kind of stuff with is uh, my friend Camillo. Camillo Pardo? Yeah, have you yeah, had I him on here Camilo. before? I haven't had him on here.
0: I can never... I, I don't think I could sit Camillo in a chair for an hour. <laughs> Camillo's
1: crazy. I've I known I mean, Camillo like 20 years he's a He's, he's a, a, a sweet guy,
0: but he's a tough dude to nail down. For those who don't know Camillo, he designed the 2004 Ford GT. Exactly. I've been to his place in Detroit, But in not studio. only that, he is a wild painter. Oh, his, no, his paintings are incredible. And he paints cars.
1: Yes. But, Formula One cars, race loose. cars. I mean, like uh, very expressive uh, and loose paintings. So they have like a photorealistic quality from afar, but you get closer and they're like wild brushstrokes. Yeah. But he actually designs cars and is a very eccentric character and, and won that crazy reality show that was about car design um, a while back what i can't the, believe that, that he sat still <laughs> long enough to
0: do a <laughs> reality show yeah
1: um, he's a trip man yeah no wait hang on i'm trying to get i'm trying to get oh wow that's very zoomed but in I'm any, trying to get a camillo uh, picture for us any re- regular night in detroit you can go by his building the banko building yeah. and there'll be like 10 you know drunk models hanging out there <laughs> and camillo painting with all his like old cars and you know who camillo is camillo is i <laughs> He's the male Maude Lebowski, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like without, but not pretentious. Just yeah. like, just it's like who's that? Like uh, I don't even know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the kind of guy. Like if you don't know him, you're gonna be like fuck that guy. Yeah. But once you know him, you're like you love him so much. But his painting is really, really is really interesting. His paintings are wild.
0: And uh, you know, I once went to his place. Oh my god! Come on, load. Am on the computer's being a cockbag. There we go. I once went to his place like two o'clock in the morning, very drunk. That's how you go. That's there. That's how you go there. And he was all. I think this was like 2010. And I was like, he's like, man, I just, I really want to paint right now. And I was like, I was like, I'm, I was like, I mean, it's a watch and paint, cool. And he goes, what's that shirt? He goes, you get that shirt from Ford, and I was wearing a Ford performance. Shirt. He goes, I'm to paint on that. And I was like, um, oh. okay. So he turns me around, and in about, I don't know. Three minutes, maybe. Uh-huh. Ha- I, I, I took, take the shirt off, and he has painted a perfect 4GT on my back.
1: Oh, you lucked out. That's and I, I still have the shirt. That's dope. Yeah. I would fucking frame that shirt. That's shit. Dope. so sick. Last time I was there, there's a bunch of us there, super drunk, and he was like, Tristan, we're going to draw. Let's go. We're going to draw. I'm like, we're going to draw right now. Really? All right. And he broke out this huge pad of paper and wanted me to like do collaborative gestural drawings with him. <laughs> I got down, and he was bugging out, he's like, no one can ever keep up and draw with me, bro. I'm like, I got you, man, let's doodle, man. Let's doodle this. It's like the prince of fine art. And we had the greatest time. Uh, But I I have a cool, crazy Camillo story, bro. When I was living in Detroit, it was like 1997, and the uh, Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend visiting from out of town, so I'm like, yo, we gotta go to this bar on Woodward and watch the celebrations. So we're standing outside the bar and everyone's celebrating. So there's maybe like 200 people outside the bar. And all the people from the stadium are uh, Joe Lewis or Cobo Hall Arena are driving up Woodward Avenue, which is the main street of Detroit, where they have like the dream cruise and all that. And as we're outside, all these cars are driving up from the stadium, they're waving brooms and celebrating, you know, the Stanley Cup victory and now it's getting rowdy. And about 15 minutes before riot police showed up to like calm down the group we were in, people were slowing down to like wave at our crowd and my friends are running out and tagging the cars as they're driving by, right? (laughs) Like
0: with drivers in them,
1: like they're in motion? They're going like five (laughs) miles an hour waving and my friend uh, Double would run out and like tag the back of the car. And in the height of all this, Camillo pulls up in like a 1960s Fiat like one of those tiny ones. Yeah, like a Fiat 500, like a Cinquento. Yeah, those that'll things. like fit in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. It, with this like super hot model yeah. <laughs> and tries to park in front of the bar where we're wiling out. Bad <laughs> move, man everyone mobbed the car and started trying to tip it. Oh, I thought you were telling me they started painting it. No, dude, <laughs> they start rocking it, trying to tip with it him over it? with him in it oh, no. with this model. And I got to see the look of terror <laughs> in this girl's face. And Camilla going, oh, shit, like popping gears, trying to like squeal out while he's rocking from like one side of the wheels oh, my to the God. other. <laughs> and he like squealed out did a Yui and zipped out of there. And then <laughs> <laughs> <Look at laughs> a fucking FI it was the greatest thing in the world. And then the riot police <laughs> showed up and part oh over. no great terrible any
0: ev- <laughs> almost any person i know who goes to detroit their trip ends in a camillo story <laughs> fucking legend true that uh let's go we got a couple of questions before we uh shut her down okay cool. and, uh let's see oh uh Cro- cross and shoot wants to congratulate us because we crossed nine hundred thousand subscribers the other day oh so wow
1: congratulations yay
0: that's a thing. That's cool, man. They don't give you another fucking button until you get to a million, though. That's bullshit. Oh, they Give you a hundred thousand oh and right, then a million. Right, right. So we gotta wait. Shit. Subscribe, like, and subscribe. <laughs> uh, Lucas Bell says, "Glad to hear some love for CCS in Detroit. I'm a yeah. Wayne State guy myself. Cool. Keep making your art. My mom went to Wayne State back oh, really? in the day. My mom's from Detroit. No
1: shit. She grew up in Livonia." Yeah, I know Livonia. That's where yeah. I got my first drunk driving. There you go. I mean, it was actually my only <laughs> drunk driving. <laughs> my first? Yeah, I, was, I took my dad's to old Cadillac. Lo- nobody gets arrested in Detroit for anything except you. <laughs> I had a, a few there, but I, I, I uh, borrowed my dad's Cadillac. We went to the drive-in movie theater there. Uh, the Ford Wyoming drive-in is one of the biggest drive-in movie theaters left in the United States. Mm. They have about nine screens, maybe. And you can tune in the audio to your radio station which is amazing. And my friend and I took a couple girls there with like a case of beer. I was 17, man, and we got really drunk and I got arrested in Livonia. <laughs> and uh, There it is. But yeah, I do not know your mom was from end. there, man. That's really cool. my, my mom teaches at University of Michigan. She's, oh, really? she's still out there. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh,
0: I fucking love Detroit. I have yeah. the best time every single time I go. I love place. the people and I love that, that I mean, I hate that their like economy collapsed, but
1: it's coming back I, right now.
0: Well, hard, yeah, hard. Shit's like dope now. I love that like it got to a point where really the really creative people that could figure out how to scrounge up just a little bit of money mm-hmm. had a couple years there where if they got in, they could be build something really Absolutely.
1: cool. Yeah, it's a great time in great Detroit restaurants
0: right now. and you know yep.
1: hipster shit. It's, it's hipster a, shit's turn there. It's kind of hipster paradise there because everything is like so authentic. You know? The there's so much like industrial. Po- grime like, is real. Yeah, what are
0: the, uh, uh, decay
1: porn. Like a uh, ruin porn. Like Ruined there's so porn. much
0: ruin porn that, that to bring ruin porn
1: yeah, into it's a like, restaurant is the look most at my, my pop-up restaurant in this abandoned factory. <laughs> Like get the fuck out of here. Let's. I hope is they get robbed. A, is, that a, is that a rusty
0: nail for a chopstick? <laughs> uh, we're trying to say that uh, consuming this sushi uh, roll, <laughs> the rusty
1: nail is. This about- sashimi comes out on a brick. <laughs> you know, it's like that. It would be like that. Uh, they put a
0: little like round speaker on your table and it just goes woo woo
1: woo woo. <laughs> Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking bad. It's crazy. Uh,
0: Now we have an actual car question. Zach wants to know, I have a Mustang GT. 2017 is an only car. It's not as versatile as I would hoped. Thoughts on a 2008 Forerunner for commuting and a 350Z for fun and track? I want to stay at 25K for the two. I'm open to similar suggestions. All right, an 08 Forerunner is a really nice car. Our own Timmy has a, a f- 06 Forerunner and it's basically unkillable and it rules. However, depending on your commute, the fuel economy stinks. It's not good fuel economy, my friend. Also, a 350Z for fun and track. 350Zs aren't that great at the track and they aren't that fun. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't think a 350Z is a step up in fun from your Mustang GT that you have now. Um, I would, uh, I don't know, 17, uh, I mean, if you really want a truck, like a 4Runner is a pretty nice truck and you know they hold their value well and they work properly and, and that's good. I think like a BRZ or an 86 is more fun than a 350Z and you can get that power and speed back. I also think... you're getting awfully close to used Corvettes and stuff at that point, and I would maybe consider that. I don't know. 25k for two cars isn't much. I'd much rather have one car that I could commute in and also have some fun in, like a brand new Volkswagen GTI or WRX, for instance. I'd rather have that than a a 50 12 year old 350Z and a 10 year old Toyota
1: truck. Although the security guard at my local CVS is selling a fucking plug it <laughs> old cop car for like three grand with the working yeah. sirens and everything, 100,000 miles. That's kind of dope. There's bro. an
0: argument to be made for a Crown Vic You could buy commuter. 10
1: cars for 25 grand if yeah. you really wanted to. No, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, true. That's true. I'm <laughs> not, I don't want to be a snob. You can buy cars for not much money. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and just run through them one by one. Yeah. If you, if it, replacements to the 350Z only, I'll say like E36 BMWs and E46 BMWs are more fun than Zs. Um, Older Mustangs, like like a twenty eleven or twelve Mustang with the appropriate suspension, is better than a Z. Corvettes are better than Z's. That's where I would even like E thirties. Even a Civic, like dude, like a what's Civic? your
1: ideal year Mustang though?
0: My ideal year, um, it depends what you can afford. I mean, in general, like in general, what's your favorite? My favorite, I mean, Fox bodies are my shit. Like I had a sick Fox body that I had
1: built... Oh, my brother wanted me to ask you about The black that. one, The yeah. notch? Yeah. Oh, I dropped my thing.
0: I didn't want to run it over with my chair.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> my, my brother no, wanted to know if you still had the Fox notch. I sold it. I sold it at the end of last year. Um, Shout out to my brother, Matt Eaton, by the way. Matt Eaton. Um,
0: it was a really cool car. I got it on the cover of a couple magazines. It 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 was very photogenic, and it was very fun to drive when I was romping on it. On the other hand, it had no radio. It had no heat or air conditioning. It had no insulation at all. And earlier we were talking about unshitboxing something. Yeah. My desire to drive a car that doesn't rattle outweighed uh, my desire to drive a Fox body after a while. Got it. I sold it for a lot of money. I got, I put it up for auction, no reserve on bring a trailer, and I sold it for, and I gave half the money to charity. I I paid the rent on an animal shelter for a year. Amazing. Um, Shout out to Peter Zippy Fund. Peter Zippy Fund, Redondo Beach. Get yourself a kitten. I'm going to. Yeah, I like cats. And so, uh, I, I got rid of it and I bought this Lamborghini Countach
1: which is a mild step up oh my god <laughs> not bad dude my my brother matt his approach to like souping up cars mm. is all to do with doomsday prepping <laughs> Okay, he's like my 911 his cars are all ready for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's like no don't worry There's a drawer under your seat with like dried foods that you can oh really has astronaut foods and axes and my god That's awesome. It's wild bro. He's ready. He's fucking ready at any given time Yeah,
0: See, I don't even I'm not even gonna when that shit happens. I'm not even gonna fuck with a car I have a scooter. I have a Yamaha Zuma 125 scooter. (laughs) I get I get 75 miles a gallon of gas you know what I mean? I got two little cargo boxes yep. and I can <laughs> my weight all the way to the other side of fucking L.A.
1: That's a pretty cool story. But us <laughs> us, <laughs> us us mirrorless got it figured out, man. What I decided is that when the zombie apocalypse comes, what I'm going to do is get me a fucking 60 foot boom lift cherry picker. Oh, yeah. Because those wheels will just run over them zombies and I'll be like 40 feet up with a machine gun mounted in the cab. You have cherry picker experience. Until the zombies accidentally hit the red button on the bottom. And then I'm fucked. You Do know? you enjoy <laughs> hanging <laughs> off of buildings? I love it, man. Yeah. And I actually really enjoy operating uh, like that, the wind- that equipment. and The window washing things? Well, those are called swing stages that hang off the sides of the buildings, you know? Those are really fucking scary. And you normally have like a body harness going to a lifeline. But the cherry pickers are really fun to drive, and we end up driving those a lot, and you know- Do you own a cherry picker? No, I don't. I'd love to own one. Is it your dream to own one one day? No, it's my dream to own one of the old like uh, cable company uh, work vans that has the boom lift built in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's a bunch of billboards- (gasps) Wait, the ones that just go go straight up? No, they have an elbow arm. Oh, okay. cool. Um, But But these things the ones where you're hanging those are swing stages. Those are really scary and dangerous I you know accidents happen and you have to like really know your knots, bro And actually to paint the most recent mural I did in New York It's on 27th Street and Fifth Avenue by the Empire State Building in order to use that lift without some asshole Construction worker in there with me. I had to get a um, I'd go through a course. and and become a uh, suspended scaffold supervisor and I do a week-long course to do that, but now I know how to tie my bowline hitches, yeah. my fucking cat's paw hitches, everything, bro. Dude, I'm a
0: sailor, so I'm right with you. Oh, you sail. Yeah. Dude, Those knowing fucking knots comes in handy all the time, doesn't it?
1: These knots, <laughs> as my brother would say. <laughs> how often
0: How often do you need to break out? Nothing to do with painting, but how often like, does you being able all to know time. how to tie a bowline really
1: help? it does, A, a it? lot. <laughs> yeah. And what was really funny is that my assistant Shane and I went through training together, and I really took to the, uh, the, the knot learning. Like I, I caught on really well with them and I was able to learn and memorize knots quite easily. And uh, that's a weird thing. I think, you know, I was always good at geometry but bad at algebra, for example. Yeah. I think like the visual problem solving is definitely part of why I'm an artist. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's but, you so know, cool. it's a scary part of the job. That I'd hang, be fucking terrified. We got inside buildings. We have a, uh,
0: like a scissor jack. Oh, a scissor oh, yeah, lift yeah, yeah, yeah. over in my building. Yeah. And we go, I, you know, I got up there to like get some video. That shit was wobbly as hell, bro. I ain't fucking, I'm not fucking with that anymore. Well,
1: bro, look, New York City has the highest standards of anywhere in the world, you know, to when it comes to the safety. Yeah. But I painted in Moscow, Seoul, <laughs> well, Mexico. Like earlier,
0: that fucking Russian one you told me about—that shit. Looked, the paint
1: was like yellowing and chipping and shit. Bro, it was shady. I also painted this clock tower in Russia where we were up on a boom lift, but it was raining, and I had to get out of the boom lift and attach myself to a lifeline and walk around the clock tower. Yikes! Like Doc in, Brown in fuck the rain. Out here. It was very Back to the Future. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh if you are you trying to look it up? Yeah, Moscow Clock Tower. Uh this? Google my name and, and Moscow, you'll probably see it. Um, but I actually designed the hands and the face for the clock tower itself Is that this? Uh no, oh, it's mm-hmm. the one next to it. This this
0: one this one there that one. Oh, shit oh that's so it's like around the tower yeah yo that's fucking so rad wait so, let me zoom out for that so I can get a full full
1: yeah so the clock face the numbers and hands aren't on it yet but I designed those too oh that did that go up here yeah oh, so okay. right above the face that yeah. platform we had to like walk around and paint from there It yeah. was freaky dude and <laughs> and the, and the so Moscow safety yeah the Moscow safety guys were don't like, worry about it it's no okay. it, it is good just just go just go I'm like all right well, You want some vodka? (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot of vodka on that trip. Did you enjoy Russia? I loved Russia. And uh, to be honest, I was a little spoiled because the guys from Atrium, which is the name of that mall, uh, are such ballers out there. Uh, My friend Eric, who I did gumball with, um, his family built like half of Moscow. So, Mm -hmm. like, there's a shopping mall under the Kremlin, they built that. So when you hang out with this guy in Moscow, he has like six armed guards. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, there's a perimeter around us. And you're like, that's so cool. And then you're like, wait, nah. are we a Target? <laughs> yeah, you're like, we well, do we need this for us. But, but then, you know, you uh, go to the nightclub with them and they part the seas and, you know, you ride around in, you know, crazy cars with them, you know, it's a rare lifestyle to witness and be a part of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so that's pretty interesting. So I got to see a part of Moscow that uh, a lot of people don't really get to see from that kind of oligarch perspective.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm sure it was fun. <laughs>
1: Listen, I love Eric. The yeah. guy is a baller and he's like, you know, in his young 30s and he's like, "Look, my opinion is like if you have the money, spend it." You know? I'm not going to judge. And uh when we did Gumball, it was when Gumball went from Stockholm, Sweden, to Las Vegas. and Two flights? Is that one flight uh, or two flights? One flight. Yeah. And we drove from Stockholm, Sweden, to Amsterdam, put all the cars on a plane, got in a private jumbo jet, and flew to Reno, Nevada. And on that flight, it was my birthday, and Pritchard from um, uh, Dirty Sanchez got naked and peed on Dolph Lundgren. Well. On the flight. I mean, that's worth a 100 grand. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay to be in Gumball, that's, thankfully. <laughs> that's Actually, a $100,000 story, my friend. I think I was the only person who got paid to go to Gumball because I was uh, on the guest team. I got paid to do bull run three years in a row. Dope. A see, that's why we're who that we are. But great. But uh, so I painted three Dodge Vipers for the rally. That was really fun. If you Google Guess Gumball, you'll probably see them. And then I had one of the guest models as my co-pilot, and she couldn't do GPS for shit. <laughs> There's a, um,
0: oh, there is a scene in in the show Top Gear, where James there we May, go. look at that. Yeah, but check, click the one with the model. I'm not putting the one with that, with that link on there. There we That's go. The that was my want. co-pilot. Oh. There's a uh, <laughs> She's not so bad, is she? That's- there's an episode of Top Gear with James May where they have to do like a, like a time-speed distance rally, uh-huh. and they put a model in there with her, and she's just a smoke show, and she just Cannot look at a map like she's literally uh-huh. like I don't think she's ever seen a map uh-huh. come
1: to think of it It looks a lot like this chick. <laughs> Honestly, bro. We got pulled over in the first two hours I got of a, you I got a, I got a speeding ticket. Of course you did immediately. Of course you did But what was so dope dude that- on
0: bull run I we left Manhattan. We left the, the fucking intrepid in Manhattan. Yeah down the West Side Highway Yeah out the Holland Tunnel over that bridge. Yep. Yeah. right. I got pulled over at Newark Wow dude, and given three
1: tickets Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I, I had to pay my ticket on the spot, but the cool part is the cop on the, spot. the cop let me take a photo of him wearing a ski mask in front of my car with the model. So that was cool. I I think if the if guest uses the photo, it's a tax deduction at that point. It was crazy, bro. But, you know, on Gumball is where I got to be good friends with Bun B and that was a, a really cool thing and that was one of the greatest things to come out of Gumball for me was meeting him and Charles Adams, his lawyer, and you know I made a lot of new friends on Gumball. Word. and It's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life, dude. The cars looked cool. The paint was nice. Yeah, man. I mean, flippers are fun. They are cool. It was fun. Um, it was a great time. But I, I'm hoping to do it next year. It goes from Toronto to Cuba. <laughs> I'm forming a team That's right a now problem. as we speak. Cuba. They're yeah. letting them bring the cars to Cuba. Yeah. Or the cars stay in like Key West or no, something. No, the cars are going to go to fucking they Cuba. They go to Cuba? The cars go everywhere. That's the point. The thing about gumball is stamina. <laughs> I know. You got to make it from beginning to end and be at every checkpoint and in every party every night. And uh, I'm forming a team as we speak, man. All right. I am. <laughs> we'll see what happens, bro. But my my good friend in uh, Canada, he owns a brand called Hexo. It's like the first billion dollar weed brand. Mm-hmm. And he loves cars. I and, think I
0: remember. I think I bought some of that when I was there. Yeah, I so, enjoyed the experience
1: of buying weed in Canada. It
0: was nice. It was very civilized.
1: Yeah. So they are like one of the big big brands up there. They brought Wu Tang up there and all this stuff. They're ama- H E X O. They're amazing. So he might, you know, get behind like a Hexo team for Gumball. I mean, anything that's like sponsored by ganja, you usually, yeah. usually fine with me. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm, I think I'm going to Jamaica <clears throat> next year to paint at the Marley House, man. Really? Yeah. Uh, to what? To paint what? To Like a wall? Probably a portrait of Bob for the family. Like on a canvas or on a wall? On the house. Fuck out of here, really? Yeah, man, yeah. That's wild. Very excited about it. That'd be really cool. It's in the works right now. Um, You know, we haven't finalized the deal, but that's a big one That would be the jam. It's a big one for me. Yeah. Because I love dance hall, I love reggae, and going there to paint for the Bob Marley family is so mega. Yeah, that's real crazy. Um, These days, you know, I get to do some cool stuff every once in a while. That's like, and nice. that's that's one of them. Well, that's uh, oh last one. Last question
0: before we get out of here. Nick wants to know what other artists do you admire. Uh, he worked with Rogue One in Scotland and was astounded by the speed of it. Word, amazing art.
1: Oh man, there's so many right now. Um, Aries A R Y Z. He's one of my favorite muralists right now. Um, let me get some uh, let me get some imagery so yeah, we can see there we go who, who inspires you
0: Oh yeah, I could see why this inspires you yeah, what, which one do amazing. you like here oh here's a here's all a big. One. they're all
1: good uh, but this he's is like, cool. uh, this in Europe he's kind of like an old fashioned painter, but also Tom Sachs is amazing S-A- you know, S-A-C-H-S. um love Tom Sachs. Um, you know, I love Mirakami, although I feel like Mirakami is becoming like such a, a sneakerhead kind of like hype beast. That's kind of weird. Would this be Tom Sacks? Uh, oh, here. Tom Sacks. Mm. Don't, don't look up Miro, just Tom Sacks. Mm. I got a, I got like a lot of pictures of a guy. Um, Tom Sacks is pretty dope. Like Tom Sacks built the uh, space module out of foam core. Oh. Okay, like the entire little space unit all out of foam core. Life size. Like he's a madman. Wow. He builds great shit. Cool. Um, I don't know man You know I um, I kind of live My own little bubble um, You know Painting is hard And to be good at it You have to put in A lot of hours So I'm not really Out looking at art Or going to a lot of shows Or museums a lot I'm kind of up up my own ass in my own little bubble. Man. <laughs> you know I understand. I
0: mean? No, people ask me if I see other <laughs> people's videos and do and, and, and do you hear what you whatever said about the car? Like, nah, I was busy doing what I said about right, the car. Like, exactly. So. Man. I know how you feel. That's cool. Get fucking some of Tristan shit. Hire him to do something. <laughs> I, you can be I mean, you know I have posters
1: on my site. Posters, and stuff. Yeah.
0: prints. Can you hook up one of those Pearl Jam posters for me? Of course. That I would can. Be,
1: and I brought a book for you and did I brought you? my custom spray oh, can sweet. for you. <laughs> I never come empty-handed, bro.
0: Follow Tristan. Oh, I'm on the wrong section here. Follow Tristan on Instagram. I know it's not the best way to see giant mural art, <laughs> but it is the best way to know where he'll be painting and what you can buy of his, right? There we go. Thank you, bro. Um, thanks for coming in. That of was course. awesome. I'm really glad. I, it's, I hope next time it's less than 10 years. Although, can I come to this car party of yours, yeah, the art car it's, party? Uh, August 3rd. That's fully my shit. Oh, August 3rd. What time? Is it day or night? It's all day. It's all day?
1: Yeah, and all night.
0: Okay, I'll come during the day. I have a concert that night,
1: but I'll come during the day. We're going to be debuting my uh, F-150 I painted, Mm -hmm. and I'll have my Lincoln on display, and... uh, all the other paintings I made. We have so much crazy shit there. I'm really Rad. excited. Can where can is that open to the public? Uh, it might be RSVP. Okay. so I'll probably post it on my Instagram. If people like really want to go, they can RSVP and arrange it in advance.
0: All right, hit up Tristan on Instagram if you want to do that and uh, buy some of his canvases. Make that bitch like Basquiat. <laughs> thank you, I appreciate that, man. And when you give me one, and I go sell it, no, <laughs> there we go. That's Don't good. fucking come after me, bro. <laughs> I got kids too.
1: <laughs>
0: no, thank you, for, thank you guys for joining us on this live program. Um, you know the drill. The Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. It's easy. All you need is a microphone, a connection to the Internet, and ideally, something to say. If you need to store your collector car in West Los Angeles, your boy has got you. WestsideCollectorCarStorage.com. You know that drill, too.